Hello, and welcome to Animal Chat, an Alberta SPCA podcast where we talk about animal welfare, animal behavior, and animal protection. I'm Dan Kobe, and thank you for listening and for being passionate about animal welfare and compassionate for the animals in our province. Bell Let's Talk Day is just around the corner, a day to reflect on mental health and to acknowledge it's okay to ask for help. Mental health is something that crosses our path here at the Alberta SPCA every day, whether it's the subjects we encounter or the mental health of our own staff. My guest today is Alberta SPCA Peace Officer Karen Stevenson. Karen, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Dan, for having me. It's great to be back. So as I mentioned, we see the effects of mental health uh, illness every day. And we feel them too. I want to start by talking about what we see first. Uh, it's fair to say mental health plays a, a role in most of the files where we've determined animals are indeed at risk, correct? We do have a lot of mental illnesses um, when we arrive to a location, yes. So as a peace officer then, what? how does this uh, impact how you come uh, and, and deal with the people that you deal with every day? When you, when you arrive at a property, how are you addressing the situation? Sometimes when we arrive at a property, we're not, it's our first time there. So it's, it's hard to tell and watch for the signs that I normally watch for. I, it's easier for me to look at signs of mental health deteriorating if it's a second or third repeat visit. So things I will watch for is if the property has deteriorated, if the snow in the yard has been plowed, if the grass has been cut, um, if there's large amounts of garbage that are spread around the yard or house that normally on a previous visit um, hadn't been there. Um, So I do, I kind of have a little checklist that I have in my mind as I'm driving up. So I just want to see the um, how the uh, animal owner cares for their yard, if I see any differences in um, buildings with doors hanging off, broken windows in the house, uh, if I see large amounts of bottled water and canned food uh, in windowsills, uh, that usually is a sign that the health is deteriorating. And so this then, of course, uh, affects how you would deal with the subject, correct? Correct. We always, uh, at this point, ultimately it's animal uh, welfare first, but it plays a huge role with having to deal with um, animal owners when mental health is in its dire straits. So uh, we go a little more cautious, uh, we listen a little bit, we offer uh, more help and guidance and resources that is offered to every animal owner, but it's it's usually stated a few times when, when we arrive to someone that's having a mental health crisis. I know our executive director, Tara Johnson, when we're talking in the office here a lot of the time that uh, she'll make the comment that a lot of the people that we deal with, if their animals are in, indeed in being neglected or in distress, um, it's not that the person we're dealing with is a criminal. They are dealing with other challenges that have led them to get to the situation that they're in. Correct, yes. And we also uh, work hand-in-hand uh, hand with other agencies, so we will uh, inform the um agencies needed to help with mental health or in, inform RCMP who have greater resources with the mental health. Um, and uh, Victim Services has also, we, we, we work hand in hand with um, agencies that can help with mental health as well. Uh, so yes, for sure, if an animal is in distress, usually the owner in some way, shape or form has some mental health going on as well. 
Now, a lot of people would think that if, if someone is, is in, at a situation where they can't properly care for animals, or at least that's the appearance going in, that the right thing to do for the animals would be to remove them from the property. That's not always the case, though. That is not always the case. Sometimes people get overwhelmed or in situations where they just need help. Um, as an officer, I like to educate as well. So just because... Um, a situation arises that may have fallen off the rails, so to say, uh, doesn't mean that we're just going straight search warrant and, and seizing animals. We we assess each situation. If the animals are in distress and need to be removed right away, uh, we also make sure that we supply on the human side someone to come with us that can deal with the mental health issue at the same time because it has studies have shown that if you take these animals away from someone in a mental health crisis, it can uh, drastically um, increase the mental health illness. So, Well, and sometimes, often, I would think that the animals are the most important part of this person's life. In most situations where mental health plays a huge role, it is their only life. Uh, they isolate themselves, uh, they've lost contact with friends, they've lost contact with colleagues, a lot of them don't have employment. Um, they become very attached, very um, bonded with their animals, and even though the animals sometimes seem feral to us or uh, very skittish to us, they will always run to the owner, they will always look at the owner, they, they have a very, very strong bond. So I guess an example of this would be a situation from a couple of years ago, a property outside of Edmonton where someone had 140 plus cats in their home, which to most people would seem absurd. To this person, every one of these cats was a family member, right? Every one of these cats had a name. The animal owner could touch every one of these cats. We could not. Um, I, I would walk into the room and they would scatter everywhere. Um, but he was uh, a case where I had been working with over several weeks. And um, on my first visit, I knew mental health was going to be a, a major issue because when I walked into the house, I saw garbage uh, on the floor, feces on the floor, uh, but it wasn't human food. It was uh, cans of cat food. It was bags of cat food. Uh, in houses where animals are uh, housed with that large amount, the houses deteriorate. So you could see into cupboards, you could see um, into the sink. Uh, there was no cans of food. There was no bottles of water. He didn't have running water. Um, he did have heat in the house. Uh, was sleeping on a mattress. There was no furniture whatsoever. Um, so I knew right away that this gentleman was taking every single resource that he had and was putting into these cats and letting his health deteriorate. He stopped buying his medication. He, uh, he stopped buying food for himself. Um, he uh, didn't replace furniture that was wrecked because that was taking money away from the animals. Uh, so and literally he stated that it would be weeks where he didn't have people to come see him uh, because of the situation he was living in. 
So when you approach a situation like this, it's not just, as we've been talking about it, it's, it's not just come in and remove the animals instantly. It, it's, it's a methodical process, correct? It's a very slow process where we take our time. Uh, obviously, right away, we assess the animals. We talk with the animal owner and make a game plan together. We don't come in heavy-handed in those situations where we can take our time. Like I said, each situation is different, so sometimes we do have to um, take at the same time like all at the same time but I was very lucky with this gentleman where we could sit and have a conversation um, I was in the house probably a couple hours the first day and he was very reasonable um, animals that had gunky eyes or were on the thinner side uh, we talked about a game plan on getting them better he then realized that he was maybe in over his head and he didn't want the animals so-called suffering so we agreed to take those ones um right on the first day so then uh we realized that we were going to make a game plan together work closely together so food water was um left at the um property for the cats but then i also contacted tara johnson our um who's in charge of the SPCA and was given the green light to go ahead and actually buy the animal owner food. Um, so this was, uh, I went into the local town, uh, bought him food and brought it back, uh, made sure supplies were up and ready, left a couple kennels so he could get the animals used to going in and out. So then he didn't get so upset because sometimes when you place animals into a, a crate, they start to uh, freak out, paw through the bars, meow, and this escalates the uh, animal owners stress levels to points where they'll ask you to leave so we made a very clear and positive game plan moving forward where the animals would um, adjust well to kennels being in the house sometimes I would go just to even stand in the doorway so the animal when the cats would come they didn't run and freak away they were getting used to people coming to the property and and that night when I was actually in the hotel room, he had called and said that that was the first time in five days his tummy hadn't hurt uh, due to hunger. Uh, so that's very power, powerful words when someone tells you that because he was looking for help. It's just being in remote areas, isolated areas, they don't always have the um, ability to receive help and they don't always have the ability to receive help and let them be heard. Uh, that's a big issue that a lot of our mental health illness uh, individuals, animal owners, they just want to be a part of the solution. They don't want to be forced into something. And uh, and uh, like I said in the beginning, when we are able to uh, slowly make a game plan, uh, make sure the animals are cared for, we also make sure that the human is cared for as well. So. Um, that was a very powerful statement when I heard that. And it made me, as an officer, realize that I needed to slow down, take more time, and and look for signs that we as an agency can offer human kindness as well. And peace officers take training on this as well mm -hmm. to make sure that you recognize the symptoms yes. and you know how to deal with somebody. Correct. We know how to deal with them. Uh, we know to bring in other agencies in situations when needed. And we're always upgrading, always doing mental health awareness. We're, there's so, it, it's, it's always progressing. It's never, you always learn each file. How have you seen mental health with the subjects that we deal with um, changing over the pandemic? 
I can speak for the area that I'm in and um, that area um, mental health has increased drastically. Uh, people who were isolated before had trouble with financial constraints, uh, have felt um, very much uh, the pressure of even less contact with humans, uh, less available resources to supply their animals' uh, care, um, and not a lot of open um, dialogue with uh, shelters and agencies where they can walk in because these individuals most often have to rely on someone coming out and taking them into appointments to get food. Uh, they don't usually have vehicles. So when the um, stay-at-homes are in place or people are just very concerned about the pandemic that's going on, they don't reach out to these individuals as often as they normally would. So I have seen a lot of stress, a lot of um issues, uh, mental health issues that are brought out even more um, from individuals that um, already suffered with this due to the isolation and, and for sure financial constraints. And unfortunately, the frustration, the um, just the angst, often the, our peace officers, yourself included, then are the recipients of, of those emotions, right? For sure. Individuals will... I can't say all individuals, but a lot of the individuals will become very frustrated, become angry, and that anger and frustration is is pushed onto us because we are the individuals coming. Uh, we are the individuals that are stating their life not as a wrong way of living, but they they try their hardest, they do the best they can, uh, and how dare we come onto their property and, and tell them everything they've done their whole life is wrong. Um, they're feeling more frustration because they are trying to reach out for help, they are trying to get some financial resources in. Um, a lot of people don't realize with the uh, food banks in the rural areas, the small areas, don't have a lot of cat food, dog food, uh, kitty litter. That's huge in those areas. So if they do go to their food bank day and the cat food, dog food, or kitty litter isn't available, uh, they will feed their food to the animals. And um, it's just a downward spiral that just keeps going. So for sure, they get to points where um, sometimes they, um, I've been told that the food bank baskets are, have even decreased because they haven't received as much uh, donations. So uh, they're feeling squeezed almost like uh, every week or every month it's getting tighter and tighter around them and, and we do see a lot of um, outbursts that probably we wouldn't normally see on uh, non-pandemic days. And this raises an important point because working in the animal welfare industry, I mean this already is a stressful career, you're already dealing with difficult situations and hard decisions that need to be made about the uh, the ongoing care of animals and some animals that are, are at a point where we probably can't help them anymore. Um, it's not easy at the best of times, but even more so now that um, people are, are more easily agitated. Correct, yes. I, I have noticed that with, and again, I am only speaking for my area, um, I do and have noticed a lot more um, aggression um, in our cases that we have received, yes, for sure. So how do you cope? How, how, how I, I don't want you to speak on behalf of everybody here at the SPCA, but it, it's, uh, I, 
you know, I, I, I see you, <laughs> I, I see you roll into the office uh, after a, a week in your territory, and you can see it's been a trying week. For sure, there are definitely um, weeks and days where you're at your utmost frustration because you try very hard to to do a great job every single day and then these extra stresses are placed on you. Um, I'm very fortunate. Uh, the officers in my area, um, I call, we debrief uh, if we have a really bad file. Uh, it is a common practice in our agency to all sit down in the bullpen, we talk it out, we figure out what we would do in the next situation, uh, how we can improve the next situation. And then sometimes my poor co-workers, I come in and I'm just unleashed on them because it is something you need to get off your chest. You can't let it build and build and build, or you definitely will feel the um, the stress yourself. Uh, I also have a very supportive husband, and my two boys are amazing. So they will know on certain days that if I if I they call and I'm not as talkative or um, not as uh, normal mom mode, uh, they'll give me the space, or they'll just say, "Hey, mom." what what you need. And so I am fortunate because I am in a situation where I do have very supportive coworkers. I do have a very supportive upper management where if I feel I need to talk it out or or just to call after a file that went a little bit off rails is what I like to call, we can talk it out and we and we can um not let it build. And so basically I I don't let it sit there and, and percolate. I try to talk it out right away and, and make a plan on how to deal with it better. It's true that the leadership here at the SPCA is very good about not just asking how things are going with the animals that you're you're trying to help, but how things are going with yourself as well. Yes. They, uh, honestly, they, they're amazing that way. Um, and I mean, in certain situations where we go to a file and we already know the last time we were at that um, file, our, we have one of our superiors watching us at each time uh, via GPS uh, and then to make sure that we're okay. Uh, and so I, I'm very fortunate with that happening for sure. So anything that, uh, any uh, words of wisdom, advice that you would uh, send out to the people who may be listening um, as far as, you know, if we happen to come onto your property, I, I, I think what I see from, from where I am most days, it's just that a lot of people don't realize that you're there first and foremost to help. For sure. I mean, I, I like to like I like to state when some people are, are getting a little agitated. Uh, we all have a job. Their job may be farming. Their job may be um, uh, raising sheep. There, we all have a job. Uh, when a file comes into our office, uh, we do have to attend. It's not that we're driving down a road and we're picking uh, blue signs randomly. Like uh, actual complaint does come into our office, which then means we need to attend your location. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a founded file. It doesn't mean that we're there to harass you. Uh, we're all just doing our job. It is something um, I value and I love. I love the animal welfare industry. Uh, it is a passion of mine. And uh, as as they love farming, it is a passion and been in generation and generation for them. Uh, we can coexist and we can and talk it out. Like, let's talk... Uh, 
as adults and, and individuals and uh, they may teach me something, I may teach them something, but you have to be open and, and willing to listen and, and it doesn't mean we're there to, um, to take your animals or take you to court. It just means a file came into our office, we're doing our due diligence and attending um, and moving on with our day. It, uh, it doesn't have to escalate to uh, arguments, threats. Um, it, it can just be a uh, maybe not necessarily wanted conversation, but we have those throughout life in every aspect of our life. I think most people don't realize how few of the investigations that, that we undertake where animals are removed from property um, via a warrant or, or what it may be or how many times charges are laid. Most of our cases, it's working with the individual to improve the conditions for the animals. Correct. Improve the conditions for the animal. And ultimately, in the end, I feel it also improves the mental health of the animal owner as they may be in a situation where they are a little overwhelmed or they just need a little bit of help to get them over the hump that they're in. So when a producer or an animal owner sees their animal uh, doing better or thriving or um, finances in the farm are coming in better because of small improvements that were made, um, it, it is something that could be a positive situation for sure. Karen, thank you so much for coming in today and talking to me on what is really a very important topic. Yes, thank you for having me, Dan. Have a great day. If you or someone you know is suffering from a mental health illness, you can get help by calling the Alberta Health Services Mental Health Hotline at 1-877-303-2642. One way to improve mental health in the workplace is to have a policy that allows pets in the office. Studies show many benefits to having pets in the workplace, including improved mental health. You can find our podcast on this topic from last summer on our website, albertaspca.org slash news slash podcasts. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.
Now, if you or someone you know may be dealing with a mental health illness, you can get help here in Alberta by calling Alberta Health Services. Their mental health hotline is 1-877-303-2642. And one way to improve mental health in the workplace is to have a policy that allows pets in the office. Studies show many benefits to having pets in the workplace. We see that here at the SPCA every day. Uh, and improved mental health is one of those benefits. You can find our podcast on this topic from last summer on our website, alberta spca news podcasts. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.